morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It seems that even monkeys, if they could read, would be indignant about this parable. In the Australian newspaper, The Melbourne Age, there was an intriguing report from the University of Atlanta called Monkeys Want to See Justice Done. At the University of Atlanta, researchers have been testing capuchin monkeys. They gave them the task of picking up a small granite stone and bringing it to the researcher within one minute. If they were successful, they were rewarded with the wage of a slice of cucumber. The scheme worked well. It was a happy lab situation as long as each monkey received the same wage. This turned sour when the researchers varied the pattern. They tried giving one monkey a grape for its reward. The others continued to receive the slice of cucumber. Indignation broke out. First, the others withheld their labor. And later, they even took to throwing away the cucumber and the granite stone. It had offended their sense of justice. That's almost human, is it not? We are happy with our lot until we see someone in a similar situation who is better off. Then we cry foul. We want to go on strike 
and demand an end to such monkey business. Out of our sense of fairness, we have created associations of like-minded people to fight for that fairness. Just if the few of the more well-known are the American Civil Liberties Union, the Equal Rights Amendment Movement, and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Many of us are willing to work for fair pay and fair housing laws, as long as we come out ahead. Our sense of fair does not necessarily mean equality. Now, some Christians may think this parable could not possibly apply to them, but all we have to do is go to a high school reunion. Here we may see former classmates who grabbed the first job they found compared to our additional four or maybe even eight or more years of higher education. We may be struggling to make student loan payments while teaching at an inner city school or doing mission work in an impoverished nation. And yet here is that former classmate who barely graduated and yet made millions in a car wash business. Is it fair? A few years ago, there were public squabbles about the rights of dreamers those adults who had lived in the U.S. since they were small children when their parents brought them here as illegal immigrants. They have never known another country. English is their primary language. They've attended only American schools. Many are now productive, tax-paying citizens doing all kinds of skilled work and contributing to the support of our nation. Those against the DACA Act, which would allow them to stay here, are those who feel it's unfair for those in question who entered the country without due process. Now, the other side is that to send those adults back to their parents' homeland, which has never been their home, would be downright cruel. They are unfit for life there. They would be at a total disadvantage in trying to make a life for themselves and to support their children. To send them to a foreign country would separate them from their communities, friends, family, and jobs. I worked with teens who fell into this category. They lived in fear of being separated from everything and everyone they knew to be sent to a foreign land and life through no fault of their own. They had no say in coming here and would have no say in leaving. Is that fair? Both examples match today's parable in that those who have the advantage think that it would be unfair if others are given the same elevated status that they enjoy. Verse 12. These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. If the master of the house had paid the last hired more than those who worked all day, the issue would have been generosity. But he paid them all the same, which is an act of justice. It is not fair, but it is just. 
think for a moment about those who were hired later in the day. It's so easy to assume that they were lazy. You know, he was probably out all night and did not even wake up until noon. Now he shows up to get hired at three in the afternoon and still he gets paid for a full day's work. Well, that may be true for some day laborers. The reality was that the man waiting for day labor later in the day was the one with a club foot or with one hand or who is elderly or ill. Watching those standing outside of a hire today, work today office. Often they are a person of color. They may not speak English. They may be emaciated and have open sores. Are they here illegally? Maybe. Are some of their wages going to be spent on drugs? Maybe. Did they just get out of prison and cannot find a decent job because they have a felony on their record? Maybe. Do they still deserve to work in order to eat or to feed their family? Hopefully. The details and meaning behind today's parable go back to Old Testament rules governing wages and fairness. Deuteronomy 24 verses 14 and 15. You shall not withhold the wages of poor and needy laborers, whether fellow Israelites or aliens who reside in your land in one of your towns. Pay him his wages each day before sunset because he is poor and is counting on it. Otherwise, he may cry to the Lord against you and you will be guilty of sin. Around the time of this parable, there were more really poor people because the Old Testament laws were not being followed. For instance, as recorded in Deuteronomy 15 verses 1 and 2, at the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. And Leviticus chapter 25 verse 28. If a fellow countryman sells his property and does not acquire the means to repay the buyer, what he sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee, that is every 50th year. It will be returned in the Jubilee and he can then go back to his property. Widows and orphans were to be taken in by relatives. The destitute, including foreigners, were to be allowed to glean in the fields after the harvest. There were many provisions in the law to help those falling on hard times. The reality of a place where the landless gather in search of day labor is proof that the law was not being followed. And then Jesus comes along. Jesus does not call for fairness. He calls for justice. It is just that everyone should be allowed to eat every day. It is just that a rich man give more than what is fair. He should give what is just. And in this case, it is giving a man enough to buy food for him and his family. 
And yet, Jesus is not just calling for justice. He offers and calls for us to show mercy. Go beyond what a man deserves. Go beyond what is enough to survive. Is the alcoholic or addict going to use the wages for their fix instead of food? Maybe. But show mercy and hire him. It's his choice what he does with the money he earns. It really angered a friend of mine when one of the regular customers showed up at the church for their free food box in a truck several years newer than what she could afford and with cigarettes and a Pepsi. But then she reminded herself that the Lord called her to give with the same mercy he had given her. Was it fair? No. Then she greeted them with a smile as she handed over a box of donated food and blessed them on their way. Some of us looking at this parable will feel a bit offended. And if we do, it may be because we automatically identify with the workers who worked all day. Who told us that we are not the ones who worked one measly hour? We need to remember that the Jews were called to the vineyard first. We were the ones called later. Out of our bounty, we are called to be generous. Out of our sinfulness, we call out for mercy. Through the Holy Spirit, we are called to remember our spiritual poverty. We are prompted to confess our sinfulness. In mercy and love, Jesus called us to himself, and he extends his gracious promise of salvation. We have the inheritance of eternal life that has been delivered by Jesus' death and resurrection. We did nothing to earn or deserve it. It is not fair. It is pure, abundant grace. And now, God sends us out as his agents of unearned, abundant grace to be freely given to those just arriving. May we show justice, mercy, and grace in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen.